Oh. <laughs> Six Sev. Back at it again. <laughs> With the white bombs. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. I created it. Well, actually, no. I think that it was created on Vine. Um, what are you saying, though? Back at it again with the white vans. The white vans? Yeah, it was like a really like f- like famous video that like soared on Vine uh, at a time. I, am I like out of touch? Is it? Well, Vine was before TikTok, and Vine does well, not exist anymore. I know what anymore. Vine is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mansplaining Val, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's occurring cr- right now. What's up, guys? What's up? So t- um, I'm going to make a shout out to Raya right now. I feel like I'm going crackhead coke. Why? Does she like coke? No. So when when we were in college and undergrad, I used to drink so much coke that everybody would call me a coke addict. And then I would Mm -hmm. like be bouncing off the fucking walls. So people would like tell me I was just like on crack. Yeah. Well, you kind of were. I still am. Whoa. Maybe that contributes to ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyways um so today in this episode we're going to talk a little bit about insecurities the sighing everyone's like ah, ah. and insecurities meaning we're gonna talk a little bit about what sucks about val <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna say that <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it <laughs> but you thought it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that from? God, we're coming in with the references today. I know. Um, but anyways, yeah. So insecurities. You thought it. <laughs> you got, got it, you dude. hang up. <laughs> you got it, dude. <laughs> wow. Um, and if anyone doesn't understand these references, you might be really young. Um, <laughs> yeah, whoa, too young. Yeah. Born for, no, born after 2000. What year were you born? I was 98. <laughs> You were born 96. Yeah. I was only born two years after you. Listen, I'm bad at math, right? You're making me feel insecure. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways. This um, whole episode. <laughs> sorry. This whole episode's going to be me and Sarah going back and forth. You're making me insecure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's cut to the chase while we're at it. <laughs> while we're on the topic of insecurities. Um, so I just know that insecurities where do they come from Val where do you think insecurities come from in life well okay a whole lot of places I was going through this with my therapist the other day god I have to be serious now oh god gotta come down from the crack all right <clears throat> um, diet next time <laughs> diet coke <laughs> uh insecurities come from a whole lot of things I think mostly, if not only, from the people around you and the people... When I say people around you, the things that you, like, see and witness and hear and experience. Um, So that is a whole lot of things from the people that you interacted with as a kid to the social media that you're on and viewing to the movies that you watch. Um, It's everything. Everything that you watch that you are comparing yourself to or having somebody comment on about you... Those are things that are making you insecure. At least those are things that have made me insecure growing up. Would you disagree, agree? No, I, I agree wholeheartedly on everything you just said. <laughs> wholeheartedly. Did I say that word right? <laughs> I don't know. I probably didn't. Okay, <laughs> so we're both on crack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that insecurities really develop right when you're a child. 
right when you're the moment you have been birthed the moment you're out of your mother's womb um you're or you know if you're an ivf baby go ahead you know (laughs) (laughs) go off go off in the little dish (laughs) 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 but anyways um no so you know i i just think that insecurities are really shaped at a young age and it depends on how our parents style of parenting is um the way that i the reason why i say that is because there's also a lot of theories about it too as a kid and the type of parenting style that you were that you experience um and you know there's authoritarian there's authoritative there's permissive these are all like different types of like parenting styles but why i'm you know, saying that is because based off of how our parents, why <laughs> are you laughing? <laughs> are you still thinking about the dish? <laughs> no, you're like seriously explaining all these terms and I'm over here staring at a wire. <laughs> you're what? You're staring at the wire? <laughs> Hold on, we need a break. <laughs> We're only within 10 minutes. <laughs> Seven minutes. Yeah, I'm just like staring at the wire. <laughs> and you're like explaining all these fancy terms. God. No. <laughs> it's only, it's it's just this different type of parenting <laughs> styles. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a couple more. But why I say that is because the way our parents react Let's say we're in trouble, right? Or let's say that we did something bad, right? And depending on how our parents react to that behavior, either, you know, by disciplining us by, I don't know, like putting soap in our mouths or showing the belt. <laughs> did that happen to you? Not the soap. I don't think the soap did. If it did, then I would have forgotten you about it. Out, yeah. But I don't think that happened. I No, I think maybe like just like a little bit, like. Maybe my lips. Oh God. I don't know though. I don't remember. But definitely the belt. Um, they just showed me it. That's it. And it scared me. And then oh. they put me in timeout. They my parents never, never did anything like harmful. I love I love my parents. I think that insecurities start at a very young age. Um, as soon as you're a toddler. And it's I think based off of how your parents do raise you. And I think when you grow up though, it's also based off of your own experiences. And I also think confidence and also the idea of not giving a fuck (laughs) meaning that i think for example if you're a type of person who does not care about other people's opinions 100 percent of the time you don't care about the way people like let's say judge you or look at you and you're that type of person who's like okay fuck you i don't care then i think that sometimes those insecurities may not exist in that platform I'm not saying people who think like that don't have insecurities because they might have insecurities behind a closed door. Like they might feel insecure about the way they look or their appearance. But I think there's a broad term of what insecurities are and that they look different um, throughout people's lives. Sorry, I'm trying to be serious. (laughs) (laughs) You're coked out. (laughs) I am. I feel like I am. Um, No, but what you're saying is... Yeah, dead on. Like I I just like was trying to think about um 
when I was like really, really little before I even went to school because I know like as soon as I got to school, I was insecure because of just like the things that people were saying to me and like what kids were doing. Um, but I was trying to think in like my home life, like was I ever made to feel insecure when I was just like small and just at home and didn't have much interaction with like the external environment. And what I thought of immediately was, sorry, my sister, because when you grow up as not, not even like, even if you're um, the eldest child or the youngest child or whatever, you're always compared to your siblings. Yeah. I don't know. I can't speak on being an only child because I don't know like what you're compared to. Like, are you compared to how your parents were when they were kids or something like that? But um, even when you're very, very young, you're always told like, be more like your sister, be more like your brother. Like you're told to be better than what you are. Um, and so I think from that like like as what what you're saying like it's made to be an exaggeration like straight out of the world we have insecurities but like we do we do have insecurities like as soon as we're born it's just kind of how it is like as soon as you start being able to understand like motions and people's like emotions and things that people say like as soon as you start being able to comprehend things you start to be insecure I think, like, by human nature, you are made to compare yourself to others. And for some reason, it's always just, like, off the bat negative. Like, whatever they're doing is right, whatever I'm doing is wrong. And I think that that's kind of interesting that we're, like, hardwired like that, in a sense. You know, I think what you said about the siblings really stood out to me. Because we're both... It's interesting, because you're a middle child, right? And I'm a younger sibling. So I think being compared to an older sibling I really really understand like I know I'm not a middle child so I don't know what that's like um but I know that insecurities for me and you it's so insane you just reminded me of this insecurities for me really do begin only at my my home when it has to do with my family um when I was younger was based off of the comparison of my sister and you know I think Mm -hmm. the thing was that my parents really didn't compare me like to my sister and I like they never really were like you know you should sing I'm sorry you should sing better like you should because my sister was a singer she's like a fabulous singer and she was way smarter than me academically look at me comparing myself still but you know the thing is I think that I had the mindset that I always needed to be like my older sister because when I looked at my sister she was my role model right I looked up to her you know, when my parents, when they were busy, let's just say, and my sister was taking care of me, like, I looked up to my sister. And I think I hardwired myself. And I just compared myself. And but the main thing who compared me to my sister was not my parents. It was Syos at high school. And the teachers, it was right? the teachers. Yeah. And you want to know why that stood out to me was because throughout my whole life, my biggest insecurity was my um my academics my intelligence bro same because i had a a learning disability i still have a learning disability and i was diagnosed when i was like six years old with it and my sister she with my sister she can literally do anything she is so smart she has so many talents and she could literally do anything and i think being the younger sibling looking at that and feeling like i had to meet that expectation people placed on me it made me feel more insecure because deep down I knew like I cannot 
reach that potential because I'm not my sister and I don't have the same skill sets and strengths that my sister does have. And for a long time, I thought that I was not good enough until I was older where I learned that my disability doesn't define me, but I also learned that I have different strengths than my sister. Like there's some things that I'm good at that she's not like, for example, sports, right? And she's great at books and reading and academics and I'm good at it too, but I'm good at it in a different way. And I think that took me a really long time to see that. And I think the main problem was people always comparing my sister and I and me believing them. And the hardest part was they compared me when I was at a younger point in life. So during that time, it was really hard for me to not believe them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have a a similar experience. Like, even though I was the middle kid, I mean, because I think because I was the middle kid, it was kind of more of like a balance between being the younger sister and also being the older sister. And so like, when I was way younger, I just remember like strictly being told whether it be by like, whether it be because of like my parents or other people in my family or teachers, like you said, or like, I remember specifically we went to karate when we were younger. And so the sensei would always have me follow in my sister's footsteps and always kind of expected me to keep up with her. Um, But I, I didn't realize this at the time, but now like looking back, like my brain works much slower and much, much different much more different differently 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 i think it works way different than <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> point made um <laughs> then my sisters and i didn't like i uh, it's unconfirmed whether or not i have a learning disability at this point in my life i now know that i have adhd i have adhd pretty bad um and it's it's not like a crazy ADHD where everybody sees it because it's all in my head. And I think that it's because like my thoughts are running a million miles a second. I mean, like even Sarah can see it happening on this podcast and I jump from one thing to the other and like just can't stay focused on something. Um, but that happens in completely inside my head and it's been happening my entire life. And I think that's why nobody ever really noticed it. They just kind of saw me as like slow. So I was in all of these extra help classes growing up. I was in like every single extra help class in elementary school, in middle school, in high school. I had to go to all the extra like help in the morning. Um, I was in all the lower level classes. And if I was in the upper level classes, I was like near failing them. So schooling was very difficult for me. And all I kept being told is like, you know, like your sister did this. So you should be able to do this. And then like. It was, I think it became even harder when I had my brother trailing me and he was also, it was exponentially easier for him when it came to schooling because he had some sort of crazy memory. Like he is so good with like remembering numbers and remembering things that happened in sequential order and I just got it all confused. Um, I always joke that I left my brain in the womb for him (laughs) 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 to pick it up. (laughs) Um. But, like, I mean, obviously, it still bothers me still. Like, I'm still insecure about it. I still joke that I'm the stupid child. I still joke that, like, you know, you guys got the brain, but I got the creativity. But that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, I got other things that may not equal out to their capability of, like, withholding, like, holding knowledge. But, you know, I am so, so creative. I am so emotional and emotionally intelligent. And... 
I think that that is super cool and like such a step up in a different way. Like it may not make me become like a lawyer or like uh, an accountant, but like I don't want to be those things. Like I think that having the creativity and being able to express myself in that way is something so unique and so valuable. And it's just like it took so long. Like when I tell you that within the past year, I've been able to accept that and be okay with that. It's literally only been within the past year. Like insecurities from when you're a child and I'm sorry I'm going on a rant but from when you're a child that sticks so heavy with you like people would ask me all the time why is Val so quiet why is Val so quiet you're so quiet why don't you talk more it's because of fucking that it's because I thought I was a fucking idiot and if I spoke somebody would make fun of me for being a fucking idiot that's why I didn't talk because even when I did do it sometimes in college I would say something and my friends would look at me like I'm stupid at this point it still kind of stings a little bit, but, like, I just go along with, like, the bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Like, whatever. But you know what? Like, it's just, like, those are things that just, like, stick with you throughout your life. I don't know where to go from that. <laughs> this is the first time where I'm ever, like, hearing that part of you, what you've experienced when you were younger, you know? And one of the main things is that I wholeheartedly i'm saying that word a lot lately um (laughs) i feel exactly what you just said because you know you also not being you know you you said that you have adhd right and also the struggles of not getting that support when you were younger too was made it even harder for you and you know i was diagnosed at a very young age i got that support Right. But even when I got that support, it was it was still hard, but I couldn't imagine how more difficult it would have been if I didn't have it. So, you know, I really when you said that, I just I really felt that because it's having this insecurity, I feel like also dwells from what society places on us and their own views on it. One comparing siblings they do that teachers do it all the time and teachers don't even realize it the first thing the first thing that they see when they first start working the first new year they see their class names they see that last name and the teachers remember that last name oh garner that's my last name oh you're you're emily's sister aren't you you're emily's sister yes it's always the first thing that you always hear for a younger a younger sibling, I'll say. And it's like you have to kind of follow them in their footsteps. That's what it feels like you have to do. And when you don't follow them in your footsteps, when you go a different path, sometimes then you think, or for me, I'll say, I felt insecure. I felt, wait, I'm not following my fi- my sister's footsteps. I'm not I'm not doing the same thing she is. I'm not good at the same things that she is. She's doing or she did. I'm doing a different path. My footsteps are going to a different direction. And then I overthink. And then I kind of question myself on my own strengths and what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And then I just overthink it. And I think I overthink that every single day. Every single day I was in school since I was in elementary school up until high school. And that's why I believe when I hit college, that's when I peaked. Because that is when I found my own independency because no one knew my older sister. And I think, 
I still had insecurities, of course, but it was a t- different types of insecurities and the academia, the, the um, I will say, the not understanding things, not processing things as fast as other people. You know, I felt stupid too. Like I felt dumb. Like I felt like I would never be able to get a really great successful job. Um, I would never get my master's degree yet. Here I am. I got my master's degree. And, you know, I think in that in that time when I really had like I just struggled, I I struggled. And, you know, sometimes like just formulating words like I know I say sometimes, oh, I have dyslexia. Like, I'm pretty sure I have dyslexia. Like I'm diagnosing myself like, yes, I'm a therapist, but I do that. I'm diagnosing myself. Um, But I just think that. These insecurities were spread out throughout my life. And I think for people in general, insecurities start, like we said, at a very young age and they can last until I feel like you're older when you just don't give a fuck anymore when you're old. And, you know, I, I just think that insecurities can take over you and they can be really detrimental to your health, but it's very, very hard to manage your insecurities sometimes. And I think that our insecurity about whether we were smart enough to do something or complete a task on time and not be able to stay focused. I think that for me that happened for basically 20 years straight of my life. And when that happens for that long, it's going to affect your confidence of who you are as a person. And I think that's when I felt so insecure And the only way I was able to work on that insecurity was in therapy and to do things that I was the most confident in. And that was sports. Yeah. Therapy has definitely helped me a ton as well. I think that one of, so we have this kind of like ongoing joke in my family. I think I mentioned it before when I was ranting, um, that like, I'm, I'm the creative one. Like I don't have the brains, but I'm the creative one. It, it kind of is like a joke because I was talking to my brother. One of like the things that kind of helped heal me, which he doesn't realize at all, but it's something that he said to me a little while ago. Um, he was still in college. And again, like I said, my brother is very, very smart. My sister, very, very smart. Um, they like my brother is more into history. My sister, the sciences, she does physical therapy. So smart people um, when it comes to like books and things like that. One thing my brother said to me, though, I went to school for architecture and my brother would like take a poll with his friends in um, college and they were trying to figure out what they thought the hardest major was. And they without like even like talking about like me or anything like that in their conversation, they all agreed it was architecture. Mm -hmm. They thought that architecture was the hardest major because like, yeah, like majors like becoming a lawyer and things like that like yes that's hard but architecture is so draining like like you all become zombies without realizing that you're becoming zombies because you have such little sleep and you're doing tasks that are both like physically draining and mentally draining and it's just like all intertwined and I thought that was the biggest compliment because all this time I thought my brother thought I was an idiot And now he's coming to me telling me that the major that I got my master's in was the hardest major that he thought, like, that they agreed on in his friend group. And I thought that was just, like, so cool. 
I I just feel like that's so also like affirming and so nice to hear from your brother too. Like it's that one small thing that stood out to you that even though it was like a small like pull, right? It meant the world to you. Like, you know, it reassured you in a way. And I'm really happy and I'm really glad that your brother did that and yeah. he told you that. And it, it wasn't only him, it was his whole friends too that all agreed. Like, I think yeah. that was like a pivotal moment. It's like they all had a discussion, like, what do we think is harder, lawyer, doctor, architect? And they all decided architect. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And I but know that. I know that I'm, like, older than him. I'm the middle child. But, like, I look up to my brother in a lot of ways. So that, like, meant a lot to me, which was cute. Aw. Aw. Do we have an album? <laughs> no, but let's not press it because there might be that boat. Oh. <laughs> That's always the fucking button that we press. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I think, though, that with insecurities, too, it is based off of our experiences. But what do you think about managing those insecurities do you think that let's say you have an insecurity when you're 10 years old do you think you're gonna have the same insecurity or think about that insecurity when you're older like let's say like 25 like 15 years later it depends on what it is because there are certain things I was insecure about because people pointed them out to me when I was a kid and I remember them right away what they were um but I don't I'm not insecure about them anymore like, they were, like, the weirdest things, and for some reason, they were, for the most part, like, always physical. It was, like, somebody made fun of the way my teeth were. Okay, well, then I had braces. I got over that. Somebody made fun of my belly button, which was, like, so shitty. So, I wore, like, one-piece bathing suits for, like, a huge chunk of my life. You got an innie or an outie? I got, like, a in-between. That's cool. <laughs> Who would make fun of that? <laughs> And I'm not going to share it now because I'm insecure. Show your belly button. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it's like one of those things that somebody made fun of. And then I was like very like aware of it for a long time. I saw um, Miley Cyrus actually was talking about this recently. Somebody commented on her, I think like her legs or something looking like a turkey. Or they were like editing yeah. her to look like a turkey. Yeah. And she didn't wear shorts or like skirts for a very long time. I did the exact same thing when I was a kid. Um, Wait, so they were saying what about her legs, which contributed her to change her... They would, like, edit her face onto a turkey. I don't know. I don't know what that was about, but... Oh, so they were making fun of her legs then. I guess so. Yeah. Okay, well, that's rude. I fucking love Miley Cyrus, so no one make fun of her. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, there was no reason to make fun of her. It's just, like... And for me, I always think in general, there's no reason to make fun of anyone. And unless it's like in a certain way, like if you're making fun of your friends and they're in front of you, um, <laughs> like Val and I do that sometimes. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think with insecurities, I definitely believe that if you have an insecurity when you're a kid, it can develop into adulthood and the reason why I say yes to that is because I literally had a therapy session a few weeks ago talking about the insecurity that I had about my intelligence, like, and my academic delay. My, I should say my development, not developmental delay, my intellectual disability. Um, because of that insecurity I had as a kid, it now affects my life currently. And I see it in a different way now than I did as a kid. Um, and what I mean by that is my confidence mainly 
And I think that when I have conversations with people, depending on who that person is, I tend to get quiet. Like how you said before, when you tend to, you used to like just get quiet or you, you wouldn't talk as much. Right. And I think that's just a defense mechanism. And you're also protecting yourself because you're protecting yourself from feeling that type of insecurity, that shame, um, feeling upset because as soon as that thought comes up about, oh, like, I'm dumb, I'm stupid. Like, having these thoughts come into your brain, I, I just think that you try your best to not let it happen. And that's why we get quiet. And I think sometimes when people are just talking to me, that's why I shut up. Like, I don't respond unless I'm confident in what I'm saying. And if I don't respond to you and a person's like, okay, like say something. The reason why I don't say anything is because I'm nervous. I'm scared that you're going to say something about, oh, that's stupid. Oh, why would you say that? Like, that's not what I wanted to hear. Well, that's what I had to say. And I'm trying my best and I might not have a quick response, but it's because I'm better at listening. I'm better at hearing and and listening to your your thoughts and your and your feelings and, and what you're saying in general and i think when i respond when i do respond it's a fucking good response <laughs> and um i just think that sometimes the reason why i'm quiet and i think in general people are quiet is that fear of being either rejected or that fear of that person pointing out their insecurity yeah, I think it depends on who your audience is, too, because like a lot of my closest friends, I'm thinking of one friend in particular that I made in college, but we had a friend group and I have always been known to be the person to just sit there and observe and take everything in. And I just like they kind of like they fully accepted this about me because I'll just sit there like taking everything in in the room and I'll make my observations and then all of a sudden I'll have like a one-liner and everybody in the room is (laughs) laughing because it's just like that's where my social skills come into play I observe I see how people are I take in where like it's like a full-on like game it's not even meant to be a game but that's just how I interact with people I will get a read on what kind of people I'm surrounded by, who I'm with. Okay, what is their sense of humor? Okay, somebody said something. Somebody said something else. I'm picking up all of these cues. I now know all of this about them. Okay, here's your line. And I just hit it back at them, and then that's it. Like, I I stay there because if I try and interact in any other sort of way, you then, like, get – like, say I'm – trying to add something to the conversation and I don't really know entirely what I'm talking about and somebody questions me and then they make me feel stupid that is so triggering and one of the worst feelings that somebody can do to me I will automatically shut down I will not talk the rest of the night and so just like I just avoid that situation completely and it's for sure a coping mechanism it's something that I've dealt with since I was a kid but that's like where I need to be because why do I need to feel Like, I'm a fucking idiot. When I know I'm not, I'm just, like, taking things in, and I'll get there when I get there. I love that you just said that. And it's because I think I've never had this type of conversation with anyone else that has had a very similar insecurity as me. And it's just, it's so nice to, like, talk to someone who, like, gets it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting sentimental right now, but it's just so nice. Uh-huh. Like, I've waited like 25 fucking years for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, like. So everybody sit down and relax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, it's just. And, and I think it's also because I just I surround myself with a, like a lot of my 
a lot of my friends have these like insane careers like you're you know like lawyers nurses you're an architecture like it, it's so no, cool what you do not anymore <laughs> yeah but like you know like th- that's that's the thing like i just think that also based off of when we were kids comparing we compare ourselves to people who we think we should be or we compare ourselves to people based off of the qualities that we think that we need and i want that just to like sit with you guys because what really should happen is that as soon as we're we're younger people shouldn't place these expectations on us of what we should be good at i think as a kid you should try out everything your parents should you know whatever you want to do let's say you want to do theater or let's say you want to do sports and theater try out both see which ones you like better see which ones you know you you um want to do and i think that and also even with sports when i played three sports i played softball basketball and soccer my favorite sports play was soccer and at a time i picked softball because i was better at it i was more confident in it but the game itself i loved soccer way more and it would be so nice if we can just choose like a sport or something in our life that we just want to do not because we're good at it but 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 because we like it and as we get older i feel like we have to choose the expectation that we're good at because that's what's going to get us far in life not what what we want to do or what we like to do and i i i think that there are some things obviously that you know you pick in life that you're good at and that you like to do right but i think that there are certain examples in life where people have to pick the choices that they not necessarily want to pick which can affect the way that we feel about ourselves and how it can connect to our insecurities i think that a lot of the time people are made to feel awful about their insecurities and it kind of i think there needs to be i I, i've used this saying multiple times in the past season but like this idea of having a mindset switch um when it comes to your insecurities, I found that like my biggest insecurities that I had as a kid are now my biggest strengths as a person. I, I spoke about being quiet and, and I spoke about how I use that in social settings now, which is something I'm very comfortable with. I'm very comfortable with just sitting there and observing, um, even in a room of like strangers and it's kind of like off putting to them how comfortable I am with it. Um, but then the other thing that, was really triggering to me as a kid was when people would tell me that I was too sensitive and too emotional. Um, I was a very emotional kid. I, I cried a lot. I took a lot, like I had a lot of feelings and they were very visible all the time. And I think that that today is one of my biggest strengths. I think that is one of the reasons that I am here doing this podcast with you. I am a massive, massive empath. One of the most empathetic people I know Um, I feel for people. I feel with people. I have so many feelings. And because I'm able to do that, I'm able to understand people. And I think that that's why I get such a good read on people. And I think that when I was a kid and I was being told that I was being too sensitive and I was just picking up on feelings 
off of people and I was trying to understand what I was feeling and process that and being told that that was wrong and that I should just like ignore those feelings I would have missed out on such like such an opportunity to connect with people because that's how I connect with people and I think that it's so sad that people are told to be emotionless and that being emotionless is how you should be that's the standard but it's not it's just what men want you to be sorry i'm going on a rant um (laughs) it's just what men want you to be no seriously it's like it's how men have told women to be since they were kids like you should not have emotions and like i look at a lot of my uncles and i'm like you guys don't express any of your feelings and if you did our family would be so much closer. Our family would have so much more to talk about than just the stupid jokes that we use to like just mask how we're actually feeling. I think it's so stupid. I think there's much more of an opportunity opportunity I'm stuttering a lot today. There's much more of an opportunity to learn and grow from people and connect with people if you actually like like hone into those emotions and express them and feel them and and work through them and honestly I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't do that if I just took everything that happened to me in my past and I just ignored it and left it there I would be you wouldn't be friends with me I would be the angriest person you would see on the streets I would be so fucking pissed off but because I allowed myself to go through all of that and feel all of that I'm now probably one of the most emotionally intelligent people that you know so like not to pat myself on the back but like that's just I just want to encourage people to feel whatever it is they're feeling. I think it's so important. And I think that if anybody's telling you not to feel that, then you should honestly drop that person from your life because it's not worth it. You need to feel those things in order to grow. (laughs) On the ground. (laughs) You know, everything that you just said, you know what it reminded me of? What? My sister told me this once. It's not that you're sensitive. We're not being sensitive. It's not based on sensitivity. What it is, is emotional intelligence. Yes. So when someone says, oh, they're being so sensitive. Oh, that person's being so sensitive. My response is, I'm not being sensitive. I'm expressing my emotions and feelings. AKA, that's emotional intelligence. I feel comfortable enough to do that. I know that this is appropriate and this is also a healthy thing to do because if you hide away all your feelings and your emotions like you said before Val you're going to become angry and you're not going to notice it and it could happen in so many people's lives and I think that when you hold in these feelings it's it's kind of like this think of it like this way when I say holding in emotions and holding in feelings every single event that happens let's say you get angry you get sad you get frustrated and you don't talk to someone about it you don't express it Think that these think about that these feelings in a metaphorical way are just piling up into this basically into this um bucket. Okay, it's piling up into a bucket and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Eventually all of these problems are gonna fall off out of sorry, fall out of the bucket and it's just gonna spill and it's gonna go everywhere on the floor. So basically when that happens, when it goes everywhere on the floor, it's a breakdown or it's a horrible horrible tantrum if it's a kid right so you know i think that eventually 
some people can be really good at just making sure this bucket, it, it never overflows, right? Because they're so used to hiding their feelings. They got it. They got it. But for some people, if you keep doing that, you're eventually going to explode. You're going to hit your breaking point. Um, and when you said that, that's what made me agree with that. And what you said at the beginning too, Val, you made it into a strength, right? Your insecurity, you made it into a strength. It reminded me that with insecurities, the first time you get an insecurity, I look at it as a weakness or I looked at it as a weakness. And throughout time, building on that insecurity, managing it, you're creating it into a strength. When you finally realize that it's okay that I'm not good at math. It's okay that, you know, that I'm not good at this, but I know I can do better in it. I know if I work on it, I might have to work on this problem a little longer than other people, but I know if I put in the time and the effort, I know I could solve the problem. So me saying that, I wouldn't have been able to say that thought when I was seven years old or even when I was in high school because I didn't feel like I was smart enough. I, I felt like I couldn't do it. But afterwards, when I got older, I realized that I could do all the things that I thought I couldn't do when I was younger. I just needed some extra time to do it and that's okay because I have different skills than other people and that doesn't make me dumb. And if it takes me a little longer to understand what you're saying, be patient, give me time because it's not my fault. And I think when I say it in that kind of tone too, that's when I kind of get angry because when people don't understand that or when people want an answer or when people are just kind of, you know, they're looking at you in a certain way, like, why aren't you talking? Why, why aren't you, like, responding? It's because I'm an observer. I like to listen. I like to look at people until what you say, Val, what you do is, like, that one-liner. And I love people that do that. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that with insecurities, they can change and they can grow. And they can grow into a strength. And I think it takes a lot of time. I think it takes a lot of self-awareness. And it takes a lot of, um, a big part of it, I think, is forgiveness. Because looking back on it now, I think I had to forgive myself for being so hard on myself. I think I had to tell myself that, you know, you were hard on yourself. And I think you were too hard on yourself, Sarah, when you were younger. And forgiving myself for that. Um, and I think I needed to do that in order to change my insecurity and make it into a strength a strength and actually believe that it was a strength of mine. So having an intellectual disability is not a weakness, but it makes me me and I'm proud of it. <laughs> wow. We started off funny and then it went on a, you know, um, but well, you have yeah. to reel me in there. <laughs> no, but like we, you know, we kind of said before, one of the main ways on how to work on your insecurities, I'll say, cause we kind of talked about personal insecurities. What about physical insecurities? What do you think about appearance? when people have insecurities about the way that they look? Um. <laughs> Wait, I just thought of something. Because, yes, the way that they look, but I also was wondering your opinion about two things. So, yes to that, right? Mm -hmm. Val, what is your opinion about if someone has insecurities about the way that they look? Uh -huh. But also, what about insecurities about being queer? Oh, have you ever? Oh, go off. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> We're making a lot of like past references. Like, like here we go. You know that like on the show. No. Okay, never mind. Um, 
<laughs> Maybe it's a Gen Z thing. You're a millennial. <laughs> you yeah. just made it. <laughs> Did you hear that they made another generation that sits in between the two? It's like a blend. What year? Between millennial what, and Gen what, Z. What, what? I don't know, but we both fall into it. I know that. Well, that I makes think sense. it's like between like 90 and like, I don't know, 2010. Oh, 2000. No, we're nothing like people that are born in 2005 yeah, to 10. No way. I have no way. How old are they? 2010, 2008, 18 years right. old. So. No way. Or maybe a little bit, but not. Maybe like 2005. Yeah, I think two thousand five, probably. Eh. <laughs> we gotta look at. I like we how we're debating it without no, looking no, yeah. it up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, like that's yeah. not again. No not shot. Good at, not good at math. <laughs> I mean, um, the people born in ninety would say the same thing. They'd be like, "Nah, ninety eighters, they don't know anything." Yeah, no, they would say that about yeah. me. Um, but anyway, so yeah. So, what is your opinion about? And have you ever experienced this? The insecurities being queer throughout your life and also insecurities in a physical aspect <laughs> broad question <laughs> i'm holding my legs <laughs> um yeah that is a broad question physical insecurities i have always had them i think i will always have them i think it's something that'll always be there um it's actually kind of been the same for me throughout my life ish um, my physical insecurities. It depends. It's something that I picked up when I was a kid. Um, and I'm not sure that I want to get into it. It'll be kind of like triggering for a lot of people. So maybe next time. Um, but yeah, I think that physical insecurities will always be there, especially like as you age and get older, you'll notice other things about yourself. You'll notice things that people have told you are like wrong like wrinkles and like just things like that like these imperfections that you just can't there's nothing you can really do about it unless you go and get like botox or something um skincare but like fucking high-end skincare right right um so i don't know i think that's always going to be there when it comes to like insecurities um as being a queer i think that has a lot to do with internalized homophobia that i've just grown up with and have had and have had to deal with and still deal with all the time and then like also like gender dysphoria and and things like that like all of those definitely play a massive role into um my insecurities within my queer self <laughs> Within my own little queer world. <laughs> <laughs> my qu where's the queer Barbie? <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that with physical appearance, I think that honestly, like within our generation too, I think that the insecurities became worse. I want to say in the early 2000s, like from early 2000 to 2010 because that was kind of like the highlight of like celebrities and magazines and us putting posters i don't know if you did this but like i would put posters of like all of the girls of, of like the singers like hillary duff and like selena gomez and miley cyrus like on my wall like yes because i most likely probably was gay i am gay um that was a calling but also you know in that moment like before i became mask <laughs> I thought that's also what you're supposed to look like. Um, oh, for sure. It's all fished out to us. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly think it's way worse now than when we were younger because there 
is way more social media and apps where you can see so many pictures and feel like you need to look like these celebrities. And let me just tell you, these celebrities, (laughs) not all of them, but most of them, they have the money to get work done. They can do this. It's not perfectionism. Um, No one is perfect. I feel like perfectionism should be canceled. Um, We did do that episode of canceling cancel culture, but this should be canceled is perfectionism and the idea of it. And I just think that with physical insecurities, I think that right now in the generation that is in high school and middle school right now and even elementary school, they're getting all of these false ideas and looking like they're way older than they actually are because parents are allowing them to wear makeup at a very young age. Parents are allowing them, you know, to look at these videos and shows and and movies and they're kind of skipping the generation of being a kid. Yeah, have you seen those like <laughs> those videos comparing um like our generation and what videos we made in high school basically yes <laughs> like ours yeah. was like on like the the mac like iPhoto or whatever it's called the photo booth we were riding the roller coaster in the photo booth yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. but like that was like the time like and i always say like the peace signs like why i still like do fucking peace signs and pictures is because like i was so used to that as like i don't know i just like peace signs but like anyways sarah likes to spread the peace guys. i do like to spread the peace but even though it's kind of like we did that when we were younger but um i just think i like to spread the double <laughs> yo what's up um rock out but um <laughs> i just <laughs> rock on <laughs> but <laughs> but i just can't rock okay i'm done oh my god <laughs> I'm done but i just you know i just think that the insecurities nowadays are way more than they were when we were younger and i think that it just shows in a different way and kids are just exposed to more things nowadays and you have to be really careful and that contributes to a lack of confidence in the way that you look like let's say you develop at a slower play, uh, a slower pace than others, you know, even puberty wise. Like I remember the first time I ever saw like a guy insecure was because he couldn't grow a beard yet. Like, you know, and even like with a girl that she, she didn't get her period yet or she, you know, her, her boobs didn't go from a size B to a, a C. Like, you know, I think that is also one of the main insecurities too. And I definitely thought that younger, at a younger age. Um, I think at a point I was scared though, that I didn't want that to happen if I was an athlete um, because I had to run so much, but you know, I think that in that aspect, then physical insecurities are definitely happening in, in kids lives that parents may not know. Um, And within the queer community, being insecure, definitely internal homophobia, like you were saying, Val, um, And I think as soon as you have the thought that a potential feeling that a girl is attractive or that you might be queer, I think it's very easy to feel insecure. And I think that connects with the social construct of the assumption of what the queer community is like and also that it's not the norm or that you have to come out. And it all overlaps. It all connects. All of these stereotypes, assumptions, the social constructs that I said before that we have created in our society. We did this. We created this. And now it's like, okay, we have to end this. But I think that it's very hard to end something that has so much history. Um, But also, 
it's possible. And that's why I'm saying that also with the insecurities with being queer, it is really hard to control because one of the hardest things for a person in the LGBTQ community is to come out to their parents. Um, statistically in, you know, polls and questionnaires, that is the hardest thing um, to, to, to go through. Um, but I think one of the other hardest things to go through is that insecurity that you feel as soon as you think and know that you are queer or that you are in the LGBTQ community. I'm just like thinking about when that happened to me as you're talking and I don't really remember feeling insecure about it. I just remember knowing that when I did come out, other people were going to tell me it was wrong, but to me it didn't feel wrong, which I think is kind of interesting. That's my only note there. That is interesting though. Did you squeaking? Did you always think that, like, ever since you were young? Like, when did you know? Like, were you ever confused? Because I was fucking confused. <laughs> were you ever confused? I mean, I was confused in s- until I saw that, like, Megan Fox movie. But, like... <laughs> Which one? The one with um, Shia LaBeouf uh, and the Transformers. Transformers. <laughs> See, you know. <laughs> of course. Um, Was I ever confused? Uh, I think that I... Where we're from we were put in such a bubble of a place and in my household specifically I was in even tighter of a bubble like I did not know about like I didn't know shit about shit I didn't know anything that's why I said I was so happy in middle school is because I was so ignorant like I was literally so ignorant of everything and anything that happened in anyone else's life I didn't know anything um so that being said talking about the queer community was it just didn't come up in my life i didn't know about it i didn't know it was a thing i didn't know that it was like a possibility i had those feelings for sure um the earliest i can remember having feelings like that was when i want to say i was like in middle school um but you know looking back obviously i see like all of these girls that i had crushes on but did I ever recognize it at the time? No. It was kind of when it was when I got to college that the opportunity like fully presented itself and I was fully immersed in this other like I went to a liberal arts school. So like everybody was like full on like being themselves. It, there were a lot of lesbians at that school. Everybody was out and open. So like it was full on talked about. And that was the first time I was hearing about all of it. And I shit you not, somebody literally came up to me and was like, you're a lesbian, right? (laughs) (laughs) You really went to a lesbian school. (laughs) I love that. Um, But, like, people assumed it about me. And for the first time in my life, I was like, wait, what? Like, you can be? Like, I didn't know that was an option, you know? Like, I was full on surprised. And it was, like, one of my first girlfriends who was like, nah, you're you're a lesbian. And then the second one was like, yeah, nah, we're going to date. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) mommy and lesbian (laughs) 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 no um you know i i think that's really interesting too like you didn't really feel insecure in that sense i think that i blend the word insecurity with confusion because i think that it piggybacks off of each other sometimes meaning in my experience where i felt insecure or nervous or not sure so i was also confused too and when i would feel confused i would also feel like oh is something wrong with me? Oh, this isn't okay. This isn't good. And then I would like put pressure on myself. I would feel down about myself. 
but that didn't really last long. I didn't really feel insecure for that long about my uh, my sexuality. I think that went away very fast in college. Um, I think that the insecurity was mainly my physical appearance with being gay, but also trying to explore my gender expression. So I think at a time when I was going back and forth with a masculine attire versus feminine attire in my head, not actually doing it yet, but in my head I was thinking about it, I think that's when I actually felt insecure about the way that I looked because at a point in time when I was wearing feminine clothes, I felt insecure. I wasn't confident. And as soon as I transitioned into a different type of style of, of, of clothes, a more masculine attire, um, I felt more confident yet as soon as I did it, a small part of me felt insecure because in a moment I was like, is this supposed to happen? Yet I feel so comfortable. So I think that was the only time when I really mainly felt insecure, but it was also during like with my um, g gender expression, but it also mixed with my sexuality because it was the same exact time where I was exploring my sexuality and my gender expression. So I think that's why those insecurities were piggying back off of the confusion state of mind that I had because it was both at once and it was both like factors in in my life that were just like not talked about enough and I think that's also what made me more insecure yeah when you said that I was like yeah totally agree the the gender um the gender dysphoria that I've felt and still feel a lot of the time that's definitely where my biggest insecurities lie um in terms of my little queer world that we're talking about um it's still something that I deal with it bugs me all the time it's it's something that's constantly changing i think i mentioned this in one of the previous episodes um but like it it's something that you wake up and every day it's different and that's not the case for everybody but that's the case for a lot of people who identify as non-binary or um gender fluid i think it's like you wake up and you don't know how you're gonna feel that day and it's it's a lot easier to just define yourself and this is a little bit of like an explanation on pronouns but it's much easier to define yourself as in the middle because you don't know what it's going to be that day and it's just safer to bet that like yo like I'm feeling they them today because like I don't think I'm feeling fully like a she and I don't think I'm fully feeling like a he but it's somewhere floating in the middle and um that's something that's been like a major insecurity I mean I've only fully started telling people to call me they them like this year um because I have always wanted to make it easier for everybody. And I know people see me as a she. They look at me and they think, oh, that's that's a she. And um, But that's not how I feel a lot of the time. Sometimes, maybe, but a lot of the times it's mostly like, nah, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. And um, that's where I'm comfortable. But that's definitely where my biggest insecurities have been. Um, and that, like, we were talking previously about, like, how i dress and how i i swap back and forth between like wearing some more feminine stuff sometimes and wearing my more masculine clothes and i think like to other people it may be confusing but to me i wake up that day and that's how i'm feeling the most confident and um it's not something that's easily explained to other people and the fact that other people can't easily grasp that concept and understand it makes me insecure about it <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't even know how to get off, go like, off of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to go off of that because I, I just want everyone to know this is like the first time too, like a new topic that we're talking about um, where we kind of, you know, for the first time talk about the non-binary. Sorry. It's the first time that we're talking about, you know, non-binary and what it's like to feel like being in the middle and also kind of telling the world that as well, which can be really s- scary sometimes for a lot of people. And um, I want everyone to know we're going to talk more about that too um, in in different topics and different aspects because I think it's really important that we do talk about, you know, what non-binary means and the effects of, you know, being non-binary or even the effects of, you know, the pronouns that you do use and if it doesn't align with uh, what society tells you. Um, and... We also want to hear from you guys because we did talk a lot about different aspects of insecurities in this episode. Um, and we want to know some of the things that you guys do that. Sorry. <laughs> just before you get off of that, I just want to say um, I just want to point out because we're not going to be talking about it in this episode. But when it comes to non-binary, I think it's important to understand that there is not one type of non-binary. I don't want you guys to think that there is one in the middle you have to be half and half this is how you are because that's not at all how it is i want like in order to make it kind of like bite-sized pieces i want you guys to think about like your friends who are the same gender as you you guys all dress differently and all have different things that you like it's the same fucking thing for non-binary people like they all dress to a different style they all like different things they all have different interests there's not one kind so just keep that in mind when you're talking to non-binary person or interacting with them same thing with trans too fucking trans rights yo (laughs) (laughs) fucking trans rights don't make assumptions that's it and don't think that you know someone who's non-binary or someone who's trans that they're different in that aspect that we're talking about um so, you know, don't put a label on someone. Word to my queer homies. <laughs> <laughs> my TGNC community. That's how I'm Let's fucking go. <laughs> Word to my queer homies. <laughs> Off. Yeah, new title. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we did talk about a lot of things in this episode. So we really want to hear your feedback. Um, and even if you feel comfortable sharing your own experiences or anonymously responding to us, um, that would be great if you. Um, Do you think you're that we're fucking nuts that's cool too yeah like whatever you say that you're yep. fucking nuts get out get that's out awesome <laughs> get out <laughs> um we're still gonna make these get over it <laughs> yeah get over it. we we have not had any haters yet but you could be the first you could be the first <laughs> will you though do you have do you do, do you have you? the guts the guts right I would say the balls but, but I didn't want to say that I didn't want to say it either but I did <laughs> <laughs> anyways Thank you, everyone, for listening, and God bless. God bless. <laughs> Six Sev out. <laughs>